G'day and welcome to the Pod Pod. It's your boy Dossie talking all things AFL fantasy on this Monday night, May 22nd, 2023. Another big week of fantasy to digest. We'll be recapping the round, looking at the hot topics and going through a stack of listener requests. As always, we've got the full pod squad minus a particular fossil tonight. The Stato is not on deck, so no doubt much less waffling tonight. Holmesy, welcome aboard, mate. Let's hear your score and rank, and how are you? Yeah, Dossie, not too bad. Uh, thanks, mate. Going all right. And just before we do get started into how we went for the week, I just want to just give a quick sort of shout out to the to the fantasy community at the moment, the, the guys that are doing the podcast every week. Um, you know, there's a lot of us that give a lot of our time for these podcasts and a lot of us have had pretty down years um, through some injuries, but through, you know, a bit of bad luck as well. And it is bloody stressful being on these podcasts and it's really hard work having to give your opinion and, and, and fronting up every week when you're not going so well. So I do just want to give a bit of a shout out to those that, are still putting in putting in the hard work and, and giving it all to the fantasy community because it has been quite tough. So just wanted to start that off and get that off my chest. But yeah, I had a good week. Uh, 23.51 for myself. Bit of a bounce back, which was good to see. A few uh, underwhelming scores as well, but the fact that I had a JJ43 um, and still managed to have a, a week above par was very, very positive. Felt like you were speaking directly to me there, Holmesy. I, re- I really feel that from you, man. I appreciate <laughs> Those kind words um, as I battle through the season. Uh, Louis on deck as well today, mate. How was your weekend? Yeah, it was good, mate. Um, I was a little bit under par, I think. So I scored a 22.87, which uh, takes me out to rank 6,506. So just been floating in that sort of 6,000 range for a couple of weeks now. So hoping I can have a good week and, and break that barrier. Tell you what, it's just at the moment, you have a great. You think you're having a great week. It feels like it's just this year. Feel like you're having a great week, and you just plummet down the road. Like you, twenty two hundreds and twenty three hundreds now. Just par. It's the. What is it? Is it just the the community at whole? Is just I feel like this is just the most competitive we've seen fantasy. I'm sitting around the twenty k mark, and I can't budge anywhere, even with a good week. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, Doss. I think part of it is the fact that there's just so much good content out there at the moment that that coaches just know how to play the game so much better now, like with what Selby's done um, with a lot of the other podcasts that have really upped their game. There's definitely that. Um, there was an interesting stat. One of my mates, Michael, put it in our group chat this morning. So he's actually he's put 300 points more on his total this year to this round, um, and he's sitting about uh five or six thousand ranks back so yeah the community is just a hell of a lot better at playing the game this year yeah i'd love to see our man Jaden popowski who's well, not our man i don't even know him but <laughs> i like to see his stats out there i'd love to see some stats from my cuz Jaden popowski uh on something like that about how just how competitive it is and if it is just just us thinking that but it certainly seems that way that it's just an absolute competitive year harmy how are you tracking, mate? Good to see you again. I reckon you've been the most consistent on the pod pod this year. You're a stalwart member these days. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Dossie. Yeah, I'm going pretty well, mate. Um, had a pretty busy weekend, but I was still uh, keeping an eye on all the fantasy stuff. Uh, scored 2280, and that puts my rank to 6,288. So I actually went back 500 spots. With You're spot on with that stuff, but 
before, like 2280, like I was pretty happy with that. And then you look at some of the scores at the top end, like 2,500, 600, crazy, some crazy stuff. But um, some some sort of uh, popular players, I suppose, went big and that helped us. People like um, Harry Sheasel and, um, yeah, Ashcroft there, which we've all got, Dossie. Yeah, very good. Very good, Harmy. I want to say as well, the Twitter community shouted you out this week. Um, I think it was at the end of last week saying, you know, that Harmy, a two-time top 10 finisher, needs needs more cred in the community. And I couldn't agree more. Maybe we don't shout out your credentials enough. Same same with Holmesy, mate. Uh, you've got the two hats as well, don't you, Holmesy? We sometimes forget that we have some fantastic coaches on here. And uh, Louie and I, no doubt, Pretty close behind on those uh, those hat tallies there. But let's get into our Lux for the week. You know the Lux is mine from the start. And Holmesy, do you want to kick it off, mate? Who was your Lux? Hang on, Dossie. Are we just gonna uh, we just gonna skip over how you went for the round? Are we not are we not talking about that? Twenty two fifty five dropped uh, four hundred ranks. Uh, no, I came in four hundred ranks. Twenty two thousand four hundred and twenty seven. Your Lux, Holmesy. Yeah, look, um, I'm just going to give a special shout-out to Zach Butters on the Friday night for his 148. Um, that was just absolutely unbelievable to watch, not only from a fantasy perspective, but that's probably one of the better games of football I've seen from any player full stop in in what I can remember over the last couple of years. So that was fantastic. But I'm going to give it to uh, Andy Brayshaw, who was my trade-in for the week. Uh, I went to the game, 135, and I put the vice-captain on him as well. So Although I was going to go Taranto anyway as my fullback option to get an extra 15 points as captain when I'm desperately in need of points was was quite good. Lou, who have you got, mate? Po- keeping positive here. Uh, my luck's got to go to Dylan Williams. So the last three games, he's popped out a 78 average and 82 on the weekend at F6 was really quite nice to see. And uh, when you're arming and ahhing over Lukey Peddler there instead and you're and you get the one that gets plus 40 on that, then you you got to be pretty happy. So, got to give it to him. That's huge. What have you got for us, uh, Harmy? This one's for all the believers that stayed strong um, with my man, Jack McRae, 117. Oh, yes. Had to go to Ballarat to, um, to pop the 100, but uh, very impressive stuff from the wing. Oh, how good is it? I think we've had a few. We've got a few owners on on this show, and we were so overjoyed to see that coming to us. And still, the low CBA. So, do we do we get a chance at DPP next round as well, lads? Do we do we get that? Do we think? Unle- unless there's the Bevo factor this week, and he plays full time mid, which let's be honest, it's still a nervous wait. Uh, yeah, you would think that that forward status is almost certain from here. Does it make you more inclined to keep him than Dosby if he gets forward status? You're not going to look at chucking him out at the buyers. Yeah, might have to hold him now, but I mean, I think those tons are going to be few and far between. Hopefully, he's kicked into gear now. But that was a pretty uh, fantasy-friendly game for a few players there, so we'll wait and see. But gee, it would be great to have a little bit of DPP action from from McRae to, to sour those wounds. Um, all right, so my player this week, uh, <laughs> my Lux, it's got to be the man that I dumped Will Ashcroft for. And he outscored him this week. Big humour cluggage with the 128 and my Lux pick. What a point of difference. He went out, got myself the 128. Will Ashcroft scores the measly 127. So it was a worthwhile trade. 
Uh, absolutely no regrets there, and, and he's doing me proud. He's the clug oat. Ah, it's time for our sucks. <laughs> Holmesy, you, you've got your head in your hands, mate, probably just based on my, my trades. As usual, it tends to have that effect on you, but who's your sucks for the week? Nah, just head in hands, mate. I'm just a little bit upset that you managed to claw that one point back on me with uh, cluggage over <laughs> over Ashcroft, mate. I'm I'm reeling in my boots. Uh- <laughs> hey, do you want to tell the story of you in the group chat this week as well saying, oh, Dossie's coming home strong here. He's, he's making some big ground on me. I was up and about. I go and check the score. <laughs> and what, what, what happened there, Holmesy? Look, there needs to be a bit of context. I did forget that you didn't have Rowan Marshall, Dossie. So I'm at work and I've just logged in at my phone and I've seen you're, you're about 80 points ahead of me with a half to play. So I'm thinking, oh, you know, Dossie's actually gone pretty well here. And then, yeah, obviously I forgot you didn't have Rowan Marshall. And then Liam Stocker decided to go on an absolute tear in that second half as well. So talk about kissed. So that's where, yeah, a bit of, bit of smug behaviour, Dossie. Smug. But yeah, I was, I was pretty happy. Uh, my sucks and this just keeps going from bad to worse but brad crouch has completely forgotten how to football um so he will be going for me at the buys i hope he can just get me a 90 plus score this week against hawthorne to stop the bleeding too much which will mean i'll be able to flick him to a a decent premium on his round 12 buy but yeah brad crouch uh not good yeah it's been a rough one for you been a rough journey with the brad crouch louis what about you I'll probably give it to JJ going down uh, about halfway through that game on 43 or whatever it was. Probably on track again for another 85 plus and a nice little pick to see me through to the round 15 buy. But uh, unfortunately, it just wasn't to be. And I think it's come out since that he's going to miss eight to 10 weeks. So that's a forced trade now. Any of these my, any of these major bullets where players are playing such limited time on ground, obviously the Mills won the other week, JJ this week, there's a few others. If you just get any score basically 40 and below, with the competitive nature this year, you're just not moving anywhere. I think that's what we're talking about. You get one of those and you're stuffed. And you get two like me, then you're righteously screwed. All right, uh, Harmy, who was your sucks? Yeah, along the similar lines there, Dossie, my, um, my sucks goes to the AFL sub rule because – I had uh, Hollands get subbed out on field for 32, so that was a shame. But I also had Harry Sharp, Blake Drury, Cozzy Pickett, Ruben Jimby all subbed as well. Yeah, it's, it's a rub, rough scenes, mate, but they weren't all on field, surely. No. They weren't all subbed either, were they? <laughs> was, yeah, was, was, <laughs> uh, no, just Holland's on field, mate. Um, yeah, well, it probably serves me right, you know, having a rookie on field, but still, I thought he'd, um, you know, after the last few weeks, he's been pretty good, so it's a shame to see him subbed out. Like, he got subbed early, two and a third, sort of, anyway, yep. You're, uh, you're a strong man for not giving it to Cozzy there, uh, Army. Yeah, he was well, on the bench. Let me That's t- why. <laughs> Let me let me take that uh, take that from me there. Um, I was gonna go. I was actually gonna go for the Bureau of Meteorology, um, predicting. Uh, you know, seeing seeing it was a pretty pretty fine day um, from what I was looking out out here at Adelaide. Pretty fine day all day. Sun was out. Check the weather. Not too bad. You know, maybe a meal that night. And what did we get? That that was an absolute slop fest on the Friday night. I was watching the footy with you, Louis, uh, and Bales actually from um, from the lads over there, and we were sitting in the beautiful dry dryness about. 
10 minutes from the oval all game. I think we saw a sprinkle for the whole time. There must have just been one of those cartoon clouds hanging over the top of bloody the Adelaide Oval. And yes, Cozzy Pickett in the wet for a 28-point game. And oh my goodness, I could not wait for, for lockout to lift to dump that. That's been my worst pick. Um, of the season by far. I know Stato had him as a bullet this week, and who wants to do the honours and uh, read out Stato's score for the week? Because... Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Where is it, boys? I haven't even I haven't looked at it. It wasn't above 2,200, was it? Let me... 2,185? I think it was. Let's have a look. 2,192 for the Foss. And uh, look, I'm going to go and out on a limb and say Jason Johannesson and Cozzy Pickett would have been in his sucks of the week as well, holding both, as did I. Looks like he brought in Lockie Ash as well for, for 64. So that wasn't the sugar hit he was hoping for. So yeah, a bit of a rough week for the Foss. And uh, that Maxi Gorn trade at the moment, um, taking Roel Marshall out a couple of weeks ago for Max Gorn really might be the uh, the panic trade of the season for the Foss. So that's why I've seen your moment yeah. that one. Apparently, to be honest busy. though, yeah, you've got to player. you've got to you've got to make moves. You've got to yeah. make moves. You don't you don't win the comp by playing it safe. You do well by playing safe, but he's been up there before. You've got to take these kind of risks and sometimes it doesn't pay off. Especially when you're up there, he's probably trying to differentiate himself because he was around the 100 mark, wasn't he? So, yeah, fair enough. Didn't pay off this one, but give it a bit of time. Throughout that buy period, he sort of um, is a plan for the buy period, so we'll see what happens over there. But is that why he's called in sick, Dosby? Exactly right, mate. I, I feel like that's the only reason we don't see him when he doesn't do well. So maybe for the next couple and, of weeks, uh, we'll expect him to be away. Tune, tune in to Hat Chat later on this afternoon and you'll hear Stato. <laughs> Yeah, every other show, probably this week, you'll, you'll hear the great man, but not on here where he's going to cough it. Uh, no, good luck to the Foss in the coming weeks. All right, let's do a quick update on the Content Creators Cup, run by Guesty, obviously sponsored by Infinite Wealth there. And uh, you can go get yourself a little bit of a, a trial through their Infinite Wealth thing. So go hit them up and find out all about that. Yeah, but just on that, Dossie, I just yeah. I thought I'd mention it. I actually have done, so I've done his little course, the Infinite Wealth fast track to freedom and it's it's actually good stuff so go on there it's it's free so um you don't have anything to lose and yeah it's been quite a valuable uh watch so far yeah he's saying it's it's worth up to you know three grand or something for some clients so it's something that he's doing this year for the fantasy community exclusively to them so um and he's also obviously giving away some money for charity based on the uh the winners of this league louis hey uh, kyle are you able to apply it to your team value there uh, Louis, I actually had you in the content creators <laughs> this week, mate, and I wiped the floor with you, mate. So, oh back no, in the box. Oh, no. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Speaking of, Holmesy defeated Louis in the in the Pod Pod showdown. There, uh, Dossie went down admirably to Matt from the Break Even Pod, and then Stato got absolutely pounded by Warney in some uh, in some disgusting scenes there with some percentage boost for the Warn Dog. And uh, Harmy again had the buy not involved in the, in the content creators cup next to you, mate. When you've uh, seen as you've been on the pod more than all of us, uh, Stato's not here. We'll do an update on the pod pod challenge when he's back on deck. But just a reminder that this episode of the pod pod is brought to you by the Keeper League, not just for your Keeper League. Get around it. The resource, um, the resources on there can help you with the classic team as well. They've got the CBA and kick in trends. 
draftee stuff if you're wondering about anyone coming in. Like your Wardlaw last week, you could have checked out his his rookie numbers as well as the Sandful stats, the VFL stats, all the stuff from the state leagues, as well as scoring trends against teams, fantasy projections, and much, much more. Remember to use the code PODPOD at sign up for 20% off. Go help our sponsors because they support us. On to hot topics this week. And there's a big one that luckily we, we you know, recording at this at uh, around a six o'clock on a Monday, we've got some news from Mitch Cleary. And uh, Holmesy, do you want to talk about what Clayton Oliver owners have to expect in the coming weeks? Yeah, so Mitch, report, uh, Mitch Cleary has just reported that um, it is confirmed that Clary Oliver has a hamstring strain and he's going to be sidelined for the short term. So they are deliberately being vague with it. Um, they've said that he'll be touch and go um, to play any footy up until their bye, which is in four weeks' time. We know that a, a hamstring is typically um, anywhere from that sort of two to three weeks, depending on how severe it is. Um, yeah, look, I think it's a forced trade at this time of year. Um, you can't really be affording to carry a fully priced premium through the buyers if they're not playing, um, which is unfortunate for owners. Um, but, yeah, I'd be pretty happy that he managed to play out the game, still get a 108, and it wasn't a, a mid-game sub, which would have hurt you a little bit more. So be thankful you still got the cash on his head to to really deal with it. Um, but in saying that, it is Clary Oliver, and if anyone's going to come back after a week or two, it's him. So, yeah, you might get bit if he comes back a week after, but I think it probably is the risk you need to take at this stage. Not not taking into account your buy structure and stuff like that, Harmy. What are the options that you'd like to do from from Clayton Oliver? Obviously, he's got a massive price tag on his head. So, where would you go if you're a Clayton Oliver owner and you're going to trade him? Uh, you'd need a premium, um, and this time of year, you'd be looking for a premium that suits your buy structure, I suppose. I mean, look, probably a little bit reluctant to trade in a uh, round twelve buy player if you're only going to get one game out of them before they miss a week. But um, yeah, you, you have to you have to take a premium player there. You're not going to sort of split his value across anybody cheaper, I don't reckon. So there's, I mean, there's options around that mark too. Some people like your Zach Merritt that's down a little bit and pumped a big score on the weekend. Um, that sort of that sort of player, I reckon. Yeah, even a Rory Laird, if you don't have him, look like he's back in some ripping form. And Louis, even though um, he does have the early buy, you you like a Jack Steele as well in that spot? Yeah, if it fits your buy structure, it's fine. Obviously, all players over the next couple of weeks are going to miss one. And uh, the Hawthorne matchup this week for the Saints, hopefully might be a nice one for him. What right. I will say, Dossie, just on that before we go, if you do really like a player... And it might not necessarily fit your buy structure 100%, but you do really like them and you think they're going to be a smash pick for the end of the year, just do it. So I traded in Andy Brayshaw this year, um, even though he's got the buy next week. So I was only getting two games out of him and the smart play would have just been to wait, wait until he's had his buy and get him off his buy. But he was priced at 9.30. He's come out and had a 135. If he comes out and has another 120 plus game this week against Melbourne, then all of a sudden he's gone from 930k to 960, 970k, and you're paying an extra 50k just to wait two weeks for him. So if the price is right, I don't see an issue jumping. Like, yeah, it's not ideal, but um, you're still going to get games out of him in the next three, four weeks when other premiums are missing. Now, speaking of some options that we, we, we're looking at, uh, we've talked about it for weeks that that rookie cupboard is bare, but it doesn't seem so bare now. The only problem is... 
we're having to pay up a little bit of a premium for these guys. I wanted to talk to you, Louis, about some some strategy around this because we have a lot of tempting players, and maybe you're going to walk us through some of these options with, you know, a couple of couple of players gone, as you mentioned at the top of the show as well, a guy. Um, from Port that's been just carving it up lately and he was a great player to jump on. Now we've got to kind of get these next wave, like I'm talking about your Dylan Williams. Who's the next guy that we're going to jump on over these buy rounds as well to make that cash? Yeah, and that's the question, Dossie. So um, this year is definitely a struggle in terms of rookies and certainly this time of year. We're seeing a lot of coaches trading into and through no fault of their own, but it's blokes like a Drury, a Sheldrick, Potentially a sharp in the next few weeks, you know, Chesser earlier, all these rookies that maybe don't have the job security or aren't going to string games together. And as we approach the buyers, that's going to become more important than ever. So that's that whole thing about wanting to minimise the amount of red dots on our field so that we give ourselves the best opportunity to get through the buyers uh, with at least 18 players on field each week. So uh, going through some of these names, there's certainly players and um that's where we can get sort of tricked up where we pick somebody who, yes, he's playing, maybe he's priced at 223k. Um, it suits, it gets me the premium on the other end, but next week you find out that he's not going to get another game and it's unlikely he's going to play for the rest of the year and all of a sudden you've stunted all your cash growth. So that's where we've got to be careful. I think there's a few names like that that we do have in that list at the moment and I'd probably put... McAndrew from Sydney Swans in that. He's the new upcoming ruck. Yes, he might play this week. Then he's got the buy and then it's who knows. So I think that's one that we can minimise our risk and not trade into. I think a Kane Baldwin from the Bombers could potentially be in that bracket too. Uh, Harmy, what, what do you think about that one, mate? Yeah, I think he actually played okay on the weekend, but I still don't really think he's got much longevity in the team. Like, I don't really see him as a um, as a key back and really really played a good game. So, yeah, I, I, I may be wrong. Um, I have been wrong with some other players, but I, I really think he's only there um, very briefly. Yeah, I've probably got a sharp in that category too. Um, I know it was a popular trade-in last week, but it's just going to be hard to break into that Lions team. We've already seen that he's been subbed. Uh, a Butler from the Hawks could be another one. Even a Phoenix Spicer who looked okay on the weekend uh, could quite easily turn around and drop something quite putrid and be straight out as well. Uh, Holmes, you got your hand up, mate? Yeah, I just wanted to say like that's the issue with these rookies that we're paying up, you know, upwards of three hundred k for. So it it definitely can work out if you pick the right player, and that's where it all comes into it, right? The fantasy IQ of being able to pick the right one, but. If we take an Artie Jones, for example, now he was never an option this week, but I just used the price point. So he was 320K. He'd strung a few good games together and he has pretty good job security. But he comes out on the weekend and pumps a 24. If you trade into someone like that at that price range and they get subbed for a low score, all their cash gen is done and you've wasted a trade on someone that might only make you 20, 30K if that. So that's the risk with these 300K players. You really need to be super confident in them stringing some games together and not really dropping that stinker. I think that's why Rory Atkins was so good back when he was 380K, especially with all the risks he had. But you look at a Wardlaw, he's going to be the most popular downgrade this week for everyone that missed him. But how often have we seen rookies come out in their first game and absolutely smash it and play out of their skin only to get tired two, three weeks later and then and then they're subbed or they're putting up their low-pass scores. And if, if Wardlaw puts up a couple of 40s and 50s, then he might not get 
you know, much more than 400K and you've only really made 75K, Harmy. Seeing what Wardlaw did, though, and the role that they gave him, I think that he's actually going to be all right for a while. Um, high draft pick, North not going any good. They'll, they'll be wanting to um, give him every opportunity that they can. I sort of made a mistake on the weekend. I brought in Sharp over Wardlaw for two reasons. The cash instant cash gen, like Sharp had a lower break even. I thought if you've got an all right score, he'll go up a fair bit. So now they're currently the same price. But... Um, also because North, I thought, man, he's probably the last player picked in their lineup, um, looking at the calibre of players that they had coming in, but they gave him the role, didn't they? So I think that he's going to be quite a good pick. I, Harmy, I 100% agree, but we just have to look back to um, Ruben Jinby in round one. Exact same thing. Played, played out of his skin, had the midfield role, tackled hard, looked very good, but we know these rookies tire. That's, that's the only concern. That's just the one flag I want to put up. But you're right, it is unbelievable. That's just about mitigating your risk as well because on the other end, these are the sorts of players that can skyrocket you up. You know, it goes back to the start of the year, a constable and a hunt. Uh, Chincotta a couple of weeks ago, how even Chase Jones a few weeks ago was in that sort of price rise and uh, gave a couple of coaches something. So, you know, if we can find the right rookies, there are ways of doing it. Dylan Williams was away two weeks ago when he was 367K, which is – Certainly a premium price for a rookie, but he's made 100K since then. Probably going to make another 50 to 80K. And um, those coaches that did trade into him and will be trading out to him after his buyer are much better off for having taken that risk. And there's a couple of guys in that price range. So uh, just wanted to run these guys off of you. And that's a, a Josh Weddle at 395K, minus five break even. Has the Saints coming up just before his buy. Uh, as well as a Bailey Humphrey at 423k with a minus three break even. Uh, these are two rookies that I think should have some pretty good job security over the next couple of weeks. Uh, but are we thinking they're a little bit too pricey to jump on now? Is that that uh, boat to sail type thing? Uh, I reckon Humphrey's going to be a good shout. Um, and I'm going to make money if I go from Hollands down to him this week so also the round 13 buy is quite appealing so I think he's um, yeah it's a shame didn't get on him last week but I think he's probably at a low enough price point and with that break even with the role that he's been given at the moment we took out um, I think he's probably still worth a roll you could probably pick him does it not concern you Harmy this week having the Bulldogs um, in is it Darwin or one of those um, suburban grounds if you know coming up against a tough Bulldogs Midfield unit, yeah, you might get a, a bit of a sugar hit, but if he if he drops a forty this week, all of his cash gen's done. You know what? I that's actually one of the reasons why I didn't select him last week because I thought that they were going to have a tough game against the Lions, so he didn't have any trouble yeah, there, enough. did he? He actually looked really good. Like um, he was bra- breaking the lines and um, kept bursting out of stoppage. He he was actually played really well. Yeah, I mean. He did have that draft pedigree um, coming in. I remember the dusty comparisons thrown around. I got excited about a clip from the VFL early days. He had the most inside 50s, the highest meters gained on the ground, um, second or equal most clearances and equal most fantasy points alongside Matty Rao. So, yeah, out of those options, I definitely prefer um, Humphrey to Weddle though, but I'd be interested in uh, in you guys' thoughts on that as well. But yeah, Humphrey for me is the the preferred option if you are going to spend up on one of those rookies. But I also think that um, Wardlaw is the preferred option just because you're, you're paying 100K less. He's got the midfield role as well. So seems like nods all around from the lads here on that, that call. 
What about if you're going to play him on field, Dosby? Like if you if you had to play him on field, because say you got Cosy Pickett in your forward line, uh, who would you take, Wardlaw or Humphrey? Oh, I mean, I feel like I'd still pay the 100K less for Wardlaw because I feel like the other player on the other end is going to make up those points. Um, so that's that's where I'd be going. But I do think, you know, over the next few weeks, Humphrey's going to average more, but I feel like the, yeah, the cash gen might be similar at this point. Wardlaw well, will I mean, not- I'm- Sorry, I was just going to say, Wardlaw will not have it as easy this week uh, against Pies. Yeah. No, we won't. But Harmy mentioned it would have been great to get on this Humphrey and Josh Weddle last week. And I, I think George Wardlaw's in that great little area right now where if we can trade into him this week with that six break even, yes, you're playing, you're paying 327k, but with the examples I've given you earlier before, uh, paying up for these rookies has actually been almost the right thing to do this year so far because you're, you're banking that job security and you're trying to bank as much cash over a number of weeks as possible. So I'm thinking George Wardlaw should almost be the number one rookie target this week. Do you guys agree with that? Yeah. In that price bracket, yep. In that price bracket. And then that's when we jump down. You're looking at a Matthew Johnson for 310k. Is he going to continue to be the sub? Who knows? It's... It's not a bad pun if you can if you know he's going to be in that top 22, but it's one that I'd be a bit cautious of. Campbell Chesser, if you don't have him with the 14 break even, I mean, he's going to get cop, uh, opportunity. The Eagles are really struggling at the moment, hardly have a fit list. Uh, Cameron Fleeton, I'd be keen on your uh, thoughts here, Holmesy. He's 220K. He's got the 12 break even. I would have thought he's got some shaky job security, but perhaps the heads in coming and Haynes um, out of that side might help his job security. I know it's a different role, but it's still a couple of numbers out of the side. Yeah, I, th- I would think with Haynes going down and coming being out, um, his job security would actually be okay in the short term. And, and, and Dossie an- an- went down Yeah, I was going to well. say another name you brought out uh, last week. I wish you had brought him in for a 25. That would have been unreal. But, yeah, <laughs> what happened with you. him? Because he didn't, he didn't play out the game either, did he? So I think I was watching. I think it was a concussion as well. I'd have to, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was. Yeah, sure. well, yeah, he, he was on the ground. So, like, yeah. So he should definitely play this week, you would have thought, with two defenders going out. Just watch this space, Buzz, because, yeah. He, he was playing that backline role as well before he got concussed. So, Himmelberg's going to be super cheap um, coming after the buy and he might be that saviour that we're looking for as the cheap option. But And then uh, finally, the cheap option of the rookies, if he gets named, he's the bloke who's been um, brought up for about nine weeks in a row now and that's Josh Fahey in the twos. Uh, if he gets opportunity, he's absolutely tearing it in the VFL and uh, he'd be someone I'd be relatively confident to even jump on straight away just because of the GWS track record across this year. They've given their kids a couple of weeks to sort of find their feet and I'd back that in again. All right, let's get to our observation round table. We've only got a couple of points here. Holmesy, do you want to take away? Yeah, mine's just um, once again revolving around the buyers and we have kind of had this discussion and I know this is a big reason that Stato brought in uh, Max Gorn two weeks ago to fit buy structure, but just forwards that we're going to be able to play on field um, in round 15 when all of our forwards that we have currently are on the buy. So if we, if I talk you through some of the teams that have the round 15 buy, so Carlton, no one really relevant there, but GWS, so anyone rolling with a Canelio, he's not going to be available. Uh, we've got Kangaroos, so Jack Zebel or Harry Sheasel, if you're still rolling with them in the forward line. 
Port Adelaide, Zach Butters, Connor Rosie, Western Bulldogs. So if you've got a McRae swinging forward, if you've got Baz Smith, there's two other options there. So yes, it's all well and good to, to maybe be able to, to get one of those guys up during the buys, but who are we going to trade into? That's the that's the issue. So you're going to have all of the teams coming off the round 12, 13, and 14 buys, but outside of you know an Errol Goulden who's quite highly owned, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to go there knowing that he's you know well over 900k now, and you're going to be paying pretty much overs for him potentially. I'm not seeing a lot of other options. Maybe a, a very very cheap Nat Fife um, come round 15 when he's built up to full match fitness. If you can go sideways from a rookie, that might be a play, but you know, you got Max Gorn, who's potentially going to get forward status, but the round 14 players, they're not exactly screaming uh, premium players that you can hold for any sort of amount of time. And I'm not really keen on jumping onto a player just for the sake of having one extra body on during the buy. So, Harmy, what are you, what are you thinking? I was just going to mention, too, that we've already touched on tonight um, that might help you through, well, what do we say, six weeks? Just to get just a bit out, outside of that buy period, and that's uh, Bailey Humphrey, who's a round 13 buy player, and um, Ben Hobbs, he's a round 14 buy player. So there's two. Yeah, Humphrey, I, I, you've sold me a little bit more on him, um, Harmy, although I am a little bit nervous. I'm not sure I'm going to get 100K out of him, but you're, you're right, there's a, there's a play. Hobbs, I'm still not sold on. That that game on the weekend was so far an outlier in terms of fantasy points scored. All of the Essendon players went absolutely bonkers when they were just holding the ball off Richmond. That was clearly their game style. Yes, they have the Eagles this week, so there's probably another sugar hit coming along there. But that role, 30% CBAs, low time on ground. Uh, everyone talks about this amazing run that they have coming up, but... They have North Melbourne, who North Melbourne like to possess the ball as well, which means that they're going to be holding the footy away from um, Essendon. And then you've got Carlton, who also play that high possession, keepy off style as well. So the matchups aren't actually as good as what we're all talking about. So although coaches were very good at getting that 92 this week, um, I can't get that 92. So trading into him now, if he, if he just goes back to being that 70-75 type player, I'm not sure there's heaps of value there and it's just another mid-pricer that I'm trading into my team when I'm trying to get them all up. I think he's probably a little bit higher than your 70-75 that you've given him there. So um, he actually, he looked really good. He found space. Um, he had a few marks, kicks and that sort of thing. His role was the fourth mid. So they started uh, most quarters with Merritt, um, Stringer and Caldwell uh, was in there and then uh, Hobbs will come off the bench normally. So... Um, what happens when Dylan Shield comes back next week? I don't think he's back next week. I think he's a little bit longer than that. So, But look, the, depends how the Bombers are going, I suppose, doesn't it? Like you can invest time into Ben Hobbs, first-round draft pick midfielder, inside midfielder, or Dylan Shield. I think they're going, they're going quite well. I think that might be the exact price. We were looking at Braden Fiorini a couple of weeks ago, um, albeit Fiorini's got a lot more runs on the board, so I yeah, don't and I, I regret that pick. Hobbs. I regret that pick, Louis. Like Fiorini saved his score on the weekend. Um, so don't, don't you know, say I, that, man. I knew you were <laughs> well, coming. In. I knew you were coming in, Dossie. But he's just one of those. I, I, just, I would feel quite ill trading into him now, not getting that ninety-two. And if he puts up, I know Harmy said it. He's a little bit higher than seventy-five. And if he is, fantastic. It's a great pick. I'm just, I'm still a little bit reserved. That's all. That's just, I'm just my flag, personal flag. That's all. Yeah. No, fair enough too. 
All right. Well, I know there's another name from Essendon that our listeners want to talk about a little bit later, but we'll hold off on that. <clears throat> My final um, observation, which is just a roundtable discussion, and it's just an admission. And I bet you some listeners are the same. They're just too afraid to say it. Every time you guys have talked about the, uh, the 8, 10, 12 stuff, um, look, it's been a year. I've got the memory of a goldfish. I genuinely don't know what you're talking about. I, I don't – I look at my team and I don't get it. Can someone explain it to me real basic, real simple, so that the listeners and other dossies out there can understand what you mean and what am I looking at when I look at my teams? Is it eight playing, eight missing, what? Just tell me. All right, Doss. So, you have you, – you want eight players missing – in round 12, so that hypothetically, if you've got 30 green dots, that means you've got 22 on field. You need to have it balanced. You can't have eight players playing in defense and only four players playing in the forward line because you won't be able to get all players on field because you only get your best 18 coming from your 22 playing. And then when round 13 rolls around, you've got 10 10 players not playing, but you're able to use your three trades to trade players on their buy to the players coming off their buy so that you have another 22 on field. And then by the time round the next round rolls, you, you originally had 12 players missing that buy, but you use your three trades again to try and get 21, 22 on field. So that's what we're looking at for the 8, 10, 12. It obviously has changed a little bit this year with the four buy rounds, um, but I've been kind of trying to play it the same way where I look to have eight players missing in total from the first two by rounds, so round 12 and round 13, and then looking to play it kind of similar. Albeit this year with the rookies, we don't really have the downgrade options coming through, so it might work a little bit differently this year compared to years gone by, but that's generally how we've kind of played it over the years. Mate, that was unreal. Just usually I've got the Stato for 30 minutes. He's explained. I just tune out, man. So I appreciate that, Holmesy. And I think all the listeners that were struggling to figure out what was going on will now be right to go. Let's get on to our pod pod listener requests. You can send in yours. At the start of the week, we put out a tweet, usually on a Monday, at pod pod AFL on Twitter. And you give us the number one name that you want to be talking about. We talk about as many as we can. And one big one this week was Dom Sheed. So, is there any interest? He was one of the hype names in the preseason. Uh, I think a few of you started with him, but he's looking much better now than he did at the start of the season with those career savers in tow and, and really looking a bit unfit. But is there any interest in him at the moment at his price, low 700Ks? Holmesy, are you keen on a, on a Dom Sheed? Uh, I'm not Dossie, and maybe that is because I have been burnt this season already, having started with him. What I will say is it it's a little bit of preseason validation. Um, clearly, we could see that he was a little bit underdone during the preseason. Um, you know, some of us took the punt that he would come good. It's only taken till round nine for him to come good, but yeah, he's he is a good player. He is a good player, and at the moment, part of the reason why he's going off is that there's no Shuey in that midfield. Um, you know, there's no yo. It's basically just him and Kelly. They have the keys and everything is going through them. So he seems to have his running power back. Um, I watched that game <laughs> pretty closely um, and he was he was everywhere. He was working hard into space. Um, he was getting the ball on the inside as well. So he, he is a good player. Whether I'd pay 720K for him at this time of the year, I think I'd be much more inclined to pay an extra 100K and to get up to, you know, the, the Baz Smith types that are, that seemed to be a little bit more underpriced in better sides. But, yeah, you can't knock that 139 on the weekend. He was back to what we know he could do. 
Bailey Dale was drawing some interest from the listeners as well, Louis. I guess with with Jason Johannesson going down and, and Caleb Daniels still kind of up the ground a bit more. Any interest in him as that kind of number one distributor out of defence for a bit here? Bailey Dale, 130 on the weekend, 36 touches, nine marks. Yeah, massive interest. He was sort of coming into his own with a few changes in the defensive lineup of the Dogs, and now that uh, JJ's gone down, you'd have to assume that uh, Bailey Dale's going to have a bit more of a prominent role back there, and I think his form probably reflects that. So at 698k. Um, if you can't quite get up to a premium upgrade, I think he's someone who'd be a brilliant buyer play and he also might be someone that you take a premium down to if you have a forced trade potentially uh, and use that change left over to do something up on the other end as well just because I rate Bailey Dale and I think he can be someone who can average 95 plus for, for a sustained period. Yeah, it's a good shout. Um yeah, it, I think that just, again, highlights how switched on people are that immediately he's a target people are looking at. They see players go down, immediately he's the talk of town, under 700K. So, yeah, good option. Ben Hobbs, final verdict. Harmy, a quick one. Are you, you're keen or not? You're obviously keen. Yeah, I like him. Uh, I am keen. I'm just not sure how keen I am. So, I don't, I'm not, I'm not an owner at the moment, uh, but I'm, um, yeah, we'll see what, see what shakes out this week about whether I bring him in or not. Dossie, just uh, quick, hot off the press. I know we're going a little bit off topic here, but uh, DPP, so hot off the press from one of the Supercoach pages. So as it stands right at this point in time, Max Gorn right on the 35% marker. So he was at 40% last week and he has dropped down to 35%. So if he rucks the same way that he did on the weekend, which didn't even seem like a lot, I think it was 55% CBAs, um, he is not going to get DPP. And this one for you, Louis, I can't remember if you traded him in or not, but Jaden Short, so he has 34% defense, and I know he was sitting up in the 40s only a couple of weeks ago. So he has clearly switched into a more midfield role as well. So a Jaden Short potentially not going to get defensive status either, which is quite interesting. Sam Walsh, uh, 34% forward, so he's gone right back into the midfield as well. Um, so he's looking like he's going to miss it now. And Jack McRae, so 40% forward. So unless he gets really bevoed this week, uh, Jack McRae seems to be the only one we're going to get. I hope that Stato does not listen back to this episode because it's just knife in the back after knife in the back. This <laughs> Gorn news and he traded out McRae. So poor Holmes guy. he said that with a grin ear to ear just in case that didn't come across um, on, on no, the no, podcast. I really was – my plans for the last week or so was to be able to trade Max Gorn into my forward line. So, that uh, that hurts a little bit. Yeah. Let's wait for official word. But, yeah, not looking promising if, if we go by those numbers there. Um, Jai Caldwell, Harmy, as, as another Essendon player, the listeners were keen to know, as a Ben Hobbs alternative and maybe that buy-round player that, uh, that Holmesy was looking at as well as that round 14 buy player. He played pretty well on the weekend. Yeah, he did. He certainly seemed to be the one that they threw um, first roll to in the midfield. So, look, he's, he's a good player. I like him as a Bombers fan, but he's never been a, like a really renowned fantasy scorer. Um, and he's about 620, 630,000 because I have had a look at his price. So, I'm probably not inclined to go for him, but he might have a couple of good weeks here. Zach Butters going absolutely ham on the Friday night with 148. Well done to anyone who VC'd him. Shame for anyone that was up against him, as I was in most of my leagues. Uh, Holmes, is he still an option for us? He probably would have been, you know, people that didn't get on when he was in the 600K, um, you'd be devastated, but can you still get on now? 
Yeah, look, Doss, I still think you can. Um, he's 842K, so he did go up 58K this week, so that definitely hurts. Um, and there's always the same risks with Zach Butters that there's always been the way he plays the game. Um, he's clearly a smaller body that puts himself in situations that um, are going to, you know, potentially put his body at risk. But you can't knock what he's doing. Him and Rosie have completely taken the the keys to that Port Adelaide midfield um, to the point where Ollie Wines is just clearly irrelevant at the moment. And he's just playing some absolutely fantastic football. So I'm not going to knock anyone that still wants to trade in Zach Butters. We've seen what his ceiling is now and it kind of looks like his floor has lifted as well. He hasn't really had any real stinkers this year. So... Yeah, I still think he's an option, albeit, yeah, he was definitely, you know, for owners that got him under 700K, that was clearly the point to get him. Jai Simpkin, Louie, getting all the CBAs in that North Melbourne engine room, 90% time on ground on the weekend as well. He, he does it all in that midfield. Coming off 115, we know that he can go on runs. Without LDU in there for a little bit longer, could he be an option really low 700K as well in that kind of Dom Sheed price range? Yeah, absolutely, mate. And it feels like uh, Jai Simpkins done this the last two years as well. And he, he sort of tricks us at the start of every single preseason thinking, gee, you know, this guy comes home at 105. What, what could he do if it actually all clicks? Uh, this year, it hasn't clicked for him. He's priced at about 84, which is, you know, at least 10 points under is what I expect from Jai Simpkin any given week. And I tend to think he's more of a 100 plus guy. I think at 718k, little bit like in the same vein as a Bailey Dale at 698k. I think he's undervalued and could be a nice little target for those who can't quite get up to a premium or who want to split their cash and get a bit creative. Yeah, he's even down 130k on his price last year as well. So plenty yeah, of upside. Down, you'd he's imagine. down because he had an injured game though, didn't he? Like when he got his hand, he got subbed out in the first half, I think. So he had like a low yeah. score. That's the reason why his price is down. It was a quarter. 48, and it was, yeah, it was 28% yeah, time on the ground. So the was, he was on well. fire early for that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's huge. Nah, definitely a, definitely a worthy target on our list, especially I just don't like when Elder use back, I just don't rate him nearly as highly. So how long is he out for? Is he still out for a while, LDU? Yeah, he's like six weeks. Well, then I, think, I think it's a bad gee, one. That could be a pretty nice option. Joy Simpkin. Uh, Patrick Parnell, we've got for you, Harmy. So a nice little uh, mix up here. The listeners keen on him. Um, look, he's one of those options in the 431K here. He backed up his big ton with a 77, but he's had two really nice defensive matchups in a row with Saints, then Western Bulldogs. He's got Brisbane, Gold Coast, and the West Coast Eagles before his buy in round 14. Is he one of those mid prices you could jump on? Dossie, I am happy to admit when I'm wrong. Okay, and last week I told you, don't bring him in, and I won't be apologising because he put up a 77, but you're not going to go there, mate. Do not do it. This is a guy that puts up 25s for fun last season, so I don't think that he's an option. But I was wrong with Seamus Mitchell, so I'll, I could admit that one. He's now kept his role in the team, and he's about 500,000. So. Um, but no, look, at the price that he is, I don't think you can go there. Two tons in a row from Alex Witherden. Could you go there, though, Harmy, from, from the Weagles? He's got the role with Hearn out. You know, he's looking much better back there, and the Weagles are just getting spanked, so it's back in the back line plenty. Yeah, but I've got an apology to make later in the episode. Oh, okay. Uh, all right, well, we'll talk about that a bit later then. Mason Redmond, though, uh, that's a bit of a cheeky pod. Don't know if you could jump there now with the defensive options we've got. Holmesy? Yeah, no, nah, not for me, Doss, even though, uh, I mean, I spoke about it earlier. 
uh, the fact I, th- I just think that game was an, was an outlier. They were just possessing the ball in their back half to keep it away from Richmond. Um, you had Redmond, uh, McGrath and Ridley all go massive and we've seen what they've done for most of the year. So I think it, it could resort back. I don't think it's a permanent game change. Game change. Darcy Cameron with the ruck forward status, Louis. Is there going to be a time that we can pounce on him? I'd be keeping an eye on it. He he potentially could be a buy play uh, over the next couple of weeks, but with that 112 break even, I'd just hold off for now. Next up is Will Day, I guess. He only got 57, Cameron. Yeah, he had low time on ground, um, wasn't playing as much ruck on, as usual. Yeah, 64% time on ground against Carlton. But I think he does have, you know, north, west coast, then Melbourne before his buy. So, you, it, I think it's, it, it's, it's a post-buy thing, right? It's more about if he bottoms out and then jumping that price rise as he's um, because he's got that forward status. Uh, Will Day was requested. I'm not sure if this is for a target or or a you know are we worrying about him? He hasn't turned up since round seven, but from what I understand, he got a little bit of attention from from West Coast as well on the weekend. Um, there's no concerns here, really. Is it, is it just a hold, guys? Or it's, still it's definitely a hold. Yeah, definitely a hold. But yeah, you're right. He got some attention from Xavier O'Neill and the same attention that they gave to Noel Anderson the week before. So you would have think that he's going to go to Zach Merritt as a bit of a flag this week. But yeah, I don't think you're bringing him in. He For for owners, he's nowhere near the, the top of the pecking order to trade out. Maybe we do need to consider trading him out at the buyers to get up to a genuine top six if he's going to have these games of 70s and 80s. But yeah, you'd, I don't think you're looking to bring him in this week and you're not looking to trade him out either. Lou, if you've got an extra 100k in the bank and you're looking at a, one of those Dom Sheed Simpkin types, could you go up to a Lockie Neal in the low 800ks? Yeah, you could. Um, for some reason, I'd want to wait until after his round 12 buy with Lockie Neal, and then I think he could be someone we could launch into. Uh, but he's put up a few tons in a row now, and I've been eyeing him off for a while. He, he just doesn't seem to quite be able to put it all together over a number of weeks, so... Uh, if you're feeling like taking a risk and you can see something there, then I wouldn't begrudge anybody doing it. But um, I, I think he's someone I'd rather just pass on for now with uh, Ashcroft and Dunkley pretty much uh, taking care of things at the moment. Just a couple of premium defensive options, Sam Doherty and Jack Sinclair, Harmy. Well, we actually saw Sam Doherty kind of reach at his hamstring really really close to the end of that game. So maybe just monitor that through the week. Hopefully that's not another Clayton Oliver thing, but he definitely felt for his left hamstring after launching a big um, shot on goal from 50. So just keep an eye on that. But either of those two options, they're, they're both coming off massive games, Harmy. Yeah, they are. Um, look, same as what uh, Louis said about uh, Neil. I think that Sinclair's around 12 by, isn't he? The Saints. I'm pretty sure they are. So he's only going to get one week. But he was um, he was massive, like uh, a ripping game from him. And what was his CBA? He's like it's like 20 percent at least CBAs. He was in there a bit, it seems. So um, yeah, he's definitely becoming an option, and he's um, well below his starting price. So I think he's somebody you're going to have to have a look at. All right, this is the last one we'll get to. There's still a few more. Unfortunately, we couldn't get through them all. We've got. Big episode on deck again, uh, even without the Foss and his waffling. Um, I just want to throw to you, Holmes, if you're the last one. Brad Crouch, what do you do there, mate? <laughs> uh, you don't trade him in and you trade him out next week at his buy. He has forgotten how to football. It's really unfortunate. Um, 
he's always an option when there's no Jack Steele, uh, but it just seems like um, in that in that uh, St Kilda midfield, when Jack Steele's playing, he plays that secondary role, and with that low time on ground, it just means that he's not able to to put the scores up that we need to. So no, you don't look at him as a, an underpriced premium at the moment. And yeah, if you're someone like me that has him, I'd look to move him on next week. Now, without Stato, the fossil, um, we're, we're going to hand over the reins as we have before to our secondary honorary fossil here, uh, Harmy, and he's going to give us the Fossils 5. Thanks, Dosby. Uh, happy to take over the mantle here. So I'll whip through them. I've just done this... Um fairly quickly but I'll start off with uh, number five and I do have an apology to make so last week I said he wasn't an option I said his disposal wasn't uh, much chop but uh, fair enough with though you've proved your point Alex Witherden um, pumps out a monster score and he's right back in contention so still well down uh, on his starting price for the year but at 676,000 with a break even of 38 I think he's um, not going anywhere now in that West Coast team, so he could be an option for you as a fairly cheap defender. Speaking of cheap defenders, Louis has um, outlined some good points earlier, but coming off 130 and 106 in the last two weeks, with uh, Johansson going down at 698,000, a break even of 42, I think Bailey Dale is a is a really good option um, as well. Number three. My man at the Bombers, Ben Hobbs. I think he's certainly a play for those that are um, that are interested. Uh, and I think the price point is one that the teams that are up there aren't going to jump at. So he may be a bit of a point of difference for you um, over the next few weeks with the Bombers' nice run coming in. Number two, Wardlaw. We spoke about him earlier. The best, the best rookie available. I think he was a number four pick from the um, draft crop as an inside midfielder. Had an injury in the preseason, uh, coming off the end of last season, I think it was. So he's now got himself fit into the ones. Um, he did some nice things. So a break even a six. I think he's your go-to if you're looking for a downgrade or a um, a rookie swap there. And then number one, I spoke about him a couple of times throughout the course of the podcast, but man with that round 13 by Bailey Humphrey, he's doing some really nice things at the Sun. So he's going to set you back 423000 at the moment, but he's uh, got a really low break even of minus three. And um, yeah, I think he's in the, the Sun's midfield for a good few weeks to come yet. So um, yeah, I was impressed with what I saw from him. Big Baz is the number one target. Bailey Humphrey, I love that. At least, let's see, at least this fossil puts his balls on the line a bit. He's, he's actually going out there. It's not just your standard options. So appreciate that from you, Harmy. Love those options. We're doing one final segment before we wrap up, and it's a new one. So we, we talked about it through the week that we were going to bring up some receipts as to our group chat because a lot of crap's talking in that group <laughs> is spoken about in the group chat. And we wanted to bring up some receipts from past messages and do it as a little bit of a quiz to see if this is a segment ongoing. And I've went back and looked at a few and this segment's going to be called Who Said This? I really want to know. All right, guys. So I've just got a four. I've just got four to start us off or five, I think it is. So this one was from October 12, 2022. And it was somebody saying, Setters, my boy next year. Who do we think said that, boys? Dodo. 
Correct. I started off with a nice little easy one. Stato has been big on, on setters for quite some time. This next one um, was set on the same day. So last year, October 12, 2022. Rosie over Tom Green for me. Who said that one? That's Louie. That is Holmesy. <laughs> that is Holmesy that said that one. Oh, what sort of an idiot would say that? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, here we go. Uh, All right, hit me. <laughs> on February 22, 11.50 a.m. this was, so two on the same day. Josh Ward is the next breakout since McRae, Oliver, Taranto. Book it. Dossie, it. that's you, mate. <laughs> Book it, bank it, first. <laughs> Dossie, Dossie, Dossie. That's me. And then at 6.54 that same day, Mitch McGovern with no Zach Williams and Doc in the guts. Just saying it's Himmelberg 2.0 for the first month of the season. Is that a DOS as well? <laughs> That's a Dossie. That's a double Dossie. You might spit the other messages at the same time. <laughs> All right. Feb 23. No way I'm paying for Sheasel. Who said that? Oh, that would have been me. That was Louie. Oh, yeah. Although Holmesy Small was forward just in a shit side. Holmes- Blake Drury 2.0. <laughs> How, how'd that go for you, Louie? I, I, I started him, so it went just fine, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I didn't die on that hill. This final one, May 10. Just doing a recent one here. Dill Williams, a better pick than Rory Atkins, don't at me. That was, of course... Louis, as well. I'll have to go. Still to I'm play gonna- out. Still to play out. Dossie, yeah, still- uh, I've got one. The buy's nice. If you don't oh. mind, uh, just for the crew to take a stab at. It was from uh, the 19th of May this year, 2023. It says, Sparrow out this week, folks. Just saying, sugar incoming. Was this to do with uh, a certain- uh, is this, That was um, Gus Brayshaw, right? It, it Gus Brayshaw, System Error Dossie. To be fair- The System Error that saved your season, Dossie oh, yeah. Boy. Yeah, okay. This is just a quick story before we wrap up. Didn't get up. the f- sugar, the 57 sugar, Dossie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, at the pub, I'm at the pub with Louis and Bales on the Friday night. I'm watching. We're watching on the big screen there. And I go- I'm, I'm just keeping my trades ready. I go edit trade. I've got- I've got Andrew, no, Angus Brayshaw, sorry, ready to go if he heads towards that midfield unit on the on the Friday night in the wet, a tackler, I thought. The sugar was coming without sparring the team. As we said, Salem back in the side. Go to hit the trading button. These guys saw it. I've got evidence there. Louis and Bales watched me. I had a system error. My my, my fantasy app. And this, I'm talking, this is minutes before the tip-off. Not, not like right on when you're not supposed to do it. Minutes before, my fantasy app shut down three times in a row. Could not get in there to do the trade. Then as I see him walk towards the midfield, I did the late adjustment and it was too late. They'd locked me out. So... The fantasy app saved me. I actually messaged Warney um, with a screenshot being like, mate, look at what's happened. And then uh, thanked him later on for uh, for holding me out on that trade. So that was my thankful <laughs> thankful moment. Although I do think Gussie Bray uh, will be good for the weeks to come. So uh, that's, that's, that's the episode, lads. But um, we'll have to bring that. I'll try and find a few more bullets in the group chat for next week. But um, any final thoughts before we, we wrap it up here? Nah, Good luck, just, everyone, this yeah, week. Just stick with it, lads. It's been a rough year, but just stick with it. 
uh, the buyers separate everyone. So do it, do the right thing over the buyers, and I have no doubt that your ranking will come in. Beautiful. We'll see you next week. <laughs>